0: Welcome to the Auburn Live Podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn Athletics. Where do you go? Welcome in to another edition of the Auburn Live Show with Justin Hokanson. Um, I am your host from AuburnLive.com, part of the On3 Sports Network. Um, glad you could join us, talking all things Auburn Athletics. Today, we're going to answer your questions. Um, We do a mailbag um, section on auburnlive.com. So every week, we're going to have the ability for you to ask questions on auburnlive.com on our message board. And we're going to do a podcast around answering those questions. Just a short show, just sort of detailing those questions. It's easier sometimes to answer these questions here than in a message board. You're just going to get a little more context, probably a little more detail in me talking about it than maybe typing it out. So that's kind of how we're going to do it. We'll sort of pick what day we want to do the mailbag, like what day I'll post it and what day, you know, so you can kind of be ready with the more nuanced questions you have. So that's kind of the plan. Um, So this is, this is all questions from subscribers at auburnlive.com. So if you want your question read, be a subscriber to auburnlive.com. If you're not, you're crazy right now. It's like a day or two left to get $10 for a year, to get a year for $10. Um, so that's too good to, to not pass up. So everybody listening to this seriously should, should be jumping over there and, and subscribing to auburnlive.com. All right, let's jump right in. Um, Auburn's rolling on in football, football camp. So I'm sure there's going to be some football talk, basketball talk, all that good stuff. Um, let's just jump right in here. Any, any 05 asks who will be Auburn's top two to three receivers. I mean, that's tough right now because Harson really wants consistency from his guys and, um, I don't. I don't know that anybody has has proven themselves yet, but top two to three is going to come from Malcolm Johnson Jr., Elijah Canyon, Xavion um, Capers. Xavion Capers will be one. Um, Javarius Johnson, Tavarish Dawson, um, and Shedrick Jackson pro- probably among those groups. I, I, if, if you're asking me today, I would probably say Capers. I would probably say Johnson, Javarius Johnson, maybe in the slot. And then I would probably say Malcolm Johnson Jr. And then behind there, you've got Canyon, Dawson, Tarvaris, Dawson, and um, Kobe Hudson. So I think a lot can change. I mean, it's all about who can put good stuff on tape every single day. Um, and I don't know that there's anybody that's done that. The only one I, I just have a gut about is probably Capers. But, but no, I don't think anybody is, is locked in a role uh feeling a you right what are you hearing on punt returner d rob have any experience doing it of course you're talking about demetrius robertson I haven't heard anything on punt returner. I, I doubt they're really too far into that i'm sure somebody like Travars dawson will be in the mix as quick as he is he'd probably be a really good punt returner but a lot of times punt returner depends on you got to catch the ball i mean you cannot fumble punts it's so big on field position so it you know it's not always about the best athlete sometimes it's about the guy that you know is not going to drop the 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 punt so nothing really it's probably too early to figure out partner turner but somebody like Dawson you know is going to be in the mix um let's see is it possible a uh, Bruce Pearl not the actual Bruce Pearl uh is it possible that one of the reasons recruiting started slowly for Harson is he put a policy and then if you commit to Auburn you're not welcome to take visits to other schools um First of all, I don't know how hard and fast that rule is, but I don't think that's why they started slowly. I mean, I think Carson and the staff uh, are being very selective. I think they're trying to get to know kids, trying to get to know the geography, trying to get to know their own team and figure out, you know, wh- where do they need to recruit to, trying to figure out transfers and who, who may be leaving. Maybe there's more players that they're going to push out next year. I mean, there's just a lot, I think, to figure out. And so I, I would imagine there's a lot of reasons that went into them, you know, quote-unquote, starting slowly. Um but I think p- things are picking up. They, they, they've landed a few commits lately. They're going to land a few more as the season goes on. So I think when it's all said and done, Auburn's recruiting class will be fine. Um, but I think there's a lot of things that go into it starting slowly and probably getting their, just getting their feet underneath them at Auburn is a big reason um, why. Um, Pena, 87, you mentioned Vonex looked natural under center. Can you expand on that? we all know the issues with deep throws and the inability to check out check out a plays in the old system but you think he's being set up for better success with Harson and Bobo um, i did see a play sheet in his hand or like a wrist you know a sheet that looked like had plays looked like either either he might have the ability to audible or something you know it's it was it was a sheet in terms of they're just not telling him the play and he's like all right that's the one i'm running he did have a sheet of plays so maybe there's more autonomy there Looking more natural under center, I think what I commented on was just that sources at practice say he looks natural. For a guy that did nothing but shotgun in high school and a guy that did nothing but shotgun at Auburn so far, he looked fine under center. He looked natural. It didn't look um, crazy out of place. So I think that's what I meant by by looking natural. And, I, you know, I mean, is he set up for better success? Yes. There's no question about that. You know, Gus Malzahn's offense was built around tempo, tempo and being able to run the football. If you weren't playing fast, you then he really better have a great offensive line and be able to run. If he wasn't playing fast and run, and the running game was so-so, you can forget about it with Gus's offense. It was a disaster because the passing game was not complex. He relied on tempo and he relied on the running game to get safeties up and out of position and to get linebackers to bite on play action. He relied on that stuff to then, to then be able to pass the football. When that stuff wasn't working, the pass the passing tree was not complex enough to defeat anybody. Um, so yes, this offense will be much, much better for whoever the court Bo Nix or TJ Finley or whoever it is down the line. this offense will be much better for the quarterback and the wide receivers. Um, Let's see what else we got here. Granite Tiger, what are you hearing about SEC realignment and Auburn possibly moving to the east? Uh, nothing. I mean, it's so early. I mean, I think that's the natural thing. Like, okay, if, if they split, if they kept two divisions, you, then yes, you, you have to, Auburn has to move. Like, Auburn, Oklahoma and Texas move into the west and Auburn goes into the east um, and somebody else. But I don't know. I mean, you heard a lot of talk about pods as well, which makes a lot of sense. You know, four teams of four on the on the pod front, which would be interesting as well. Kind of dividing it sort of just going in, in sections across. So it'd be like Auburn, Alabama. You know, some people throughout like Vanderbilt and Tennessee, kind of that up and down sort of pod system. So I have no idea how that's going to shake out Oklahoma and Texas. They say are years away. But I mean, Oklahoma, and Texas, who knows? I mean, they could be here next year. I mean, I don't know. Um, I mean that thing's going to fold so quickly that if if they can buy out of some of those contracts, it might not be 2025. Um, given your access to see the Gilroy asks, given your access around the university, what are the biggest differences you've seen in a Gus led program versus a Harson led program? Well, it's hard to say yet. I mean, until we see a team on the field, you know, it, it's 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 a little hard to say. Um, you know, I think the one thing that stood out is is in you, just from in terms of listening to him talk is, you know, Brian Harson is a is a process detail guy. I mean, he's about the process, and it's not that Gus wasn't or other coaches aren't or anything like that. But um, I think that is like number one on on Harson's list, and I don't know exactly what number one on Gus's list would be, but. I think there's there's times where you kind of – it seemed chaotic with, with Gus and there was a lot of inconsistency with his program and the performances up and down in games. And Brian Harson and that staff are absolutely harping on consistency, consistency, consistency. And just listening to him, I just think he's he's going to be very hard and fast about the process and the way to do things and stuff like that. He at least talks about it in a different way than Gus than Gus did or, or you know, um, didn't. So, until you see a team on the field, we'll know more. We'll know more about game-based situations. We'll kind of we'll kind of we'll be able to judge their program in terms of discipline. And, um, you know, Gus didn't have a lot of that. Didn't have a lot of issues with discipline. So, um, we, it, it's too early to tell. But I think Carson's a guy that knows how to run and build a program. I do think that's obvious. Now, can you get the talent there to do it? Can things go your way? We don't always know. You can't always predict that but if you if 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 you told me hey Brian Harson i'm going to get you the talent and i'm going to get you good schedules or whatever i'd have faith in Brian Harson cuz i think that he will do the other things well in terms of building a program um let's see what else we got here god cam it cam it god cam it make sure we say that correctly he asked, "How's JJ Pegues coming on, Coming along on the defensive line. His updated roster size is, is 308. Uh, yeah, I mean he's an intriguing player. Obviously, you bring it, bring up the defensive line. Tyrone Truesdale, who's a player with a ton of experience, is now been kicked off the team. Brian Harson announced that. We reported that last Friday that he wasn't at practice and that he was likely off the team. And then we kind of, you know, we kind of came back and were a little bit more cautious and just saying that we his his position on the team was uncertain." Until so we heard official word. We got official word today. He's gone. So defensive tackle leaves That's a position that's up for grabs. JJ Pegues is, I mean, maybe the best pound for pound athlete on the team. He's 300 pounds. He was listed in Bruce Feldman's freaks list. He's probably the most, you know, the, probably the strongest all around player. If you, if you added up like his power clean and his squat, he's a beast. And last year he played H back. Um, he played, he got, he got snaps out of the wildcat at quarterback. I mean, so he's a crazy good athlete. It's just, you know, defensive lines of war. So it's just, Hey, you know, does he use his hands and, and how you know learning to be a defensive tackle. I think once he gets that man, once the light goes on, somebody like JJ Pegues could go from, you know, raw, and then the like could come on with somebody like that, and he could just skyrocket. He could just take off in terms of what he can do for the team. So, I'd say he's coming along. Uh, I think Derek Mason said they like his progress, but I haven't necessarily heard that. You know, watch out. He, he he's about to have an All SEC season. I don't know. You know, I haven't heard that. I just think he's making progress. Let's see. BJTWDES, let's say Bo doesn't play well the first half of the Penn State game. Do you actually think the staff would pull him for TJ Finley at that time? No, no way. First of all, doesn't play well. Like, what does that mean? But, but still, probably no. I mean, he would have, I mean, it would have to be an epic bad first half for them to think about putting TJ Finley in that game. I, I think, I mean, Bo's your starter for two years. Bo's your leader. Um, We assume Bo will probably play well against Akron and and Alabama State. So it's not like he's going to come into the game playing shaky. He'll probably play fine in those two games. So I don't know what it would take in the first half of that game for them to even consider it. I mean, it would have to be just a disaster, like three picks and Auburn's down 24 to three. You know and he's not doing anything right. He, he's not reading, he's not reading the defense, he's not making the right throws. He's, you know, if it's a pick and it's not his fault, so be it. But he would have to, it would have to be just an epic collapse for, for them to do because as soon as they do that, you're taking your starting quarterback of two years and the guy that you're trying to develop into the man, you're, you're just shot. That confidence is gonna be shot. And then you're putting TJ Fillion to do what on the road in front of 100,000 people at Penn State, like save the day. So I don't think you really put T.J. Finley in a great situation there either. So, no, I would be shocked if something like that um, happened. Um, gyro, J-I-R-A-O, some of these names, man, don't know how to pronounce. What are reasonable expectations for the basketball team this year? Uh, NCAA tournament. NCAA tournament. I mean, what seed? Um, Gosh, I mean, that that's tough. They play a pretty good non-conference schedule, so a lot of that just sort of depends on who, who they can beat there and, and, and what kind of wins they get. I, I think this team is, gosh, w- with the newcomers and kind of how they mesh together, they're probably anywhere from a – I mean, ability-wise, they're probably anywhere from a three seed to a, gosh, to probably like a nine seed. I mean, really, like anywhere in there this team could fall, I think. I mean, they're talented enough – with Alan Flanagan, Walker Kessler, and Jabari Smith um, just kind of headlining it. And some of these other guys they've got, they're talented enough that if they meshed, they could be a problem for everybody. I mean, they could be really hard to deal with. And I could see them, you know, skyrocketing and being like a three seed. But I could also see them, you know, not meshing early, losing non-conference games, you know, maybe lose some SEC games early and maybe have a fine season, but maybe they finish fifth in the league you know, or something and, and, or, and end up a seven seed or something. I mean, who knows, but expectations of the tournament. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is the most talented top to bottom team. Gosh. I mean, may, it might be the most talented top to bottom team pearls had. And that includes the final four season. I mean, that was a that was obviously a really good team, but you had Schuma as a pro on that team and that's it. Accordo came the next year. So you had Schuma as a pro, Jared Harper as a pro, Bryce Brown, you know, is playing a little bit of G League stuff. This team's got Walker Kessler, Jabari Smith, who will play in the NBA. Alan Flanagan should play in the NBA. So you got potentially three guys. I mean, it's just, it's just a better overall roster. Um, Aces full one. Uh, Hoke, can we get some clarity on the Trey Donaldson situation, how he fits, where his scholarship goes? Uh, Jeffrey answered that today. Trey Donaldson will announce. Auburn's in a really good position. I think he'll play basketball and his scholarship will be basketball. Um, He likes to say he's going to play both sports, but it sure seems like it's going to end up being basketball. So I don't know exactly how that's going to play out. It might be a thing where he – if he keeps demanding that he plays football, maybe they just – maybe they work it out later and say, okay, fine, go through a spring and let's see how it goes. But I think basketball is one and maybe football. Um, Let's see. Let's see what else we got here going to the next page um (laughs) feel like a stranger says who's the greatest coach of all time and why is it bruce pearl yeah that's a good point um certainly at auburn i said that after pat died, bruce pearls too um in terms of you know just historic coaches and what they've done and um you know and what he's done with the basketball program is I, i never thought i would see in my lifetime let's see uh Is it a pipe dream to hope Bruce Pearl will be AD one day? Would he even be interested in doing that? That's a great question. And a lot of people have like wondered that. I have no idea. He'd be an amazing athletic director. Amazing. His love for all his energy for all the sports and it'd be infectious. He'd be a great athletic director. Would he have any interest? I have no clue. No idea. Maybe. I mean, it seems like he'd be really good at that, but, um, I have, I have no idea. Um, Let's see here. Greg Sankey, not that Greg Sankey, but apparently the corner version of Greg Sankey. With Bobo's comments on Bo Nix needing to focus on fundamentals, what's the likelihood we see a legit quarterback competition over the course of the season? Um, I don't know. I mean, I I would say I would say a small likelihood because it's going to take Bo Nix, you know, really struggling. I mean. You know, look, here's the deal. T.J. Finley only played one year last year at LSU. It's not like he lit the world on fire. He's a good-looking prospect. Um, I mean, Bo has proven more at the college level than Finley has. I mean, Bo's beaten teams like Oregon and Alabama and almost let a come back against Georgia. I mean, Bo's done good things. So it would take a lot for Bo next to not be the quarterback, I, I think. Um, he would have to have multiple games of not doing the little things bad fundamentals, not seeing the defense and just and just Brian Harson going you're not playing the quarterback position well at all. You're not being a quarterback, you're not being what we want out of that position. So I don't really see that happening. So I would say a very small very small likelihood. Um Harvey Specter asks for basketball. Who is expected to be the top scorer? Who is expected to be the best three-point shooter and who is the best defender? Um, those are good questions. Top score. That's going to be tough on a team with a bunch of guys that can score. I mean, I'm, um, I would lean, I would lean Flanagan just because I think, you know, the experience and his ability to, you know, he, he improved on his three point shooting, his ability to get to the goal, his ability to get to, get to the free throw line. I'd lean him, you know, Jabari is a freshman, Jabari's going to be up there though. He's got such a good shot. That Jabari is going to be a really hard matchup either in the post or mid range or popping out for a three and even Walker Kessler. I just think Auburn's always so guard oriented and kind of how they do it. It, 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 it. I would be surprised if somebody like Kessler led the team in scoring, he'll, he'll score and he'll be really good. But I, I would lean Jabari or Flanagan to be the top scorer. Best three point shooter. I don't know. I mean, they, they need to get back to having somebody shoot the three well, or as a team keep getting better, Cambridge needs to improve and be more consistent Gosh, I would lean probably one of those – I would probably lean, like, one of those guards, maybe Wendell, maybe Zepp, maybe KD Johnson. I mean, heck, Jabari might might end up being the best three-point shooter. Um, I mean, you know, do you judge it by percentage or what? I mean, I would say one of those – Jabari's going to be in the mix. He's got a really good shot. But but to me, maybe one of those guards comes in and and becomes a real problem from the three-point line because Jabari's going to be around the rim. Flanagan's going to drive. Kessler will be down there. Cardwell. And so I think those, those, those newcomers, I think all those guys have a chance to be really good three point shooters. Um, let's see. Um, I'll see. I'll answer this question. A U J H W. He says, where does Auburn stand on vaccinations is a huge health national, national and local public health issue. Um, let's see, Brian Harson said at media days that the team was about 60% vaccinated. He was asked again at the beginning of fall camp, and he said that they had made progress, but he didn't give any percentages out. So I don't know exactly. Um, you know, he, his main thing is he's making sure that his team is is completely educated on the subject, his coaches and his team. And it just seems like he's letting them make the decision. I know a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people one, it mandated and, and you should make the players take vaccinations. And that's the stance of, of, of a lot of people. Um, some coaches are, are, are pushing it harder on their players. Harson uh, Harson doesn't seem to be, he's just making sure that they have all the information possible so that they can make adult decisions for their, their career and, and, and their livelihoods um, and, and their, and their, and their lives right now. So that's kind of where they're at. Um, Let's see. Let's see. John T 2104. One more for me. How much of an improvement is Mike Bobo compared to the quarterback coaches we've had under the last two regimes? Uh, it's probably too early to tell. it's too early to tell. I mean, yeah, I thought Rhett was good. Um, but it's it's hard to, it's hard to tell you. I mean, you like Mike Bobo right? played the SEC. He's kind of Mr. SEC, played in, played in the SEC. He's coached all over the SEC um so i think he's up there i mean i think i think he'll do really really good things for bo nicks in terms of being able to kind of reconstruct him from the ground up but hard to tell about how much better he'll be you know i mean i just that depends on the coach it depends on the player and their relationship and it, there's there's a lot more goes into that probably than just um the coach alone um let's see offensive line questions. yeah I know offensive line is it's a mess right not a mess it's just up for grabs. it's a big shuffle um, you know you're you're it, it you know they're, they're all shuffling they're all cross breeding they're all cross training. Um, I think probably my best guess right now would be troxel at left tackle probably would be manning at left guard, Brahms at center um, Council at right guard and ham at right tackle. that would be my my best guess. <clears throat> but you know, long way to go till the opener. Long way to go till the opener. Let's see. Kimo Sabi asked, the momentum with 27, which is Jarquez Hunter, freshman running back, is undeniable. How many touches do you see him getting through the first few weeks? Um, hard to tell. Um, hard to tell. Really talented freshman running back from Mississippi that they got late in the process. Looks the part. A lot of good things. Hearing a lot of good things from practice. First few weeks, I don't know. I mean, Tank and Sean Shivers are Sean Shivers are probably going to be the main guys the first two weeks. Although you have Akron, Alabama State, so there is probably a you know an opportunity for somebody like Jarquez to get. I mean, somebody like Alabama State or, who knows? I Maybe mean, he might get ten carries in that game. Um, so, but but then we'll see. After Penn State, we'll see. Once your conference play gets going, then then what happens with him? But it would be nice to, for, for Jarquez and Jordan Ingram, the transfer, to get as many – you know, to maybe get some carries in those first two games so once they start Penn State and go and they're, uh, they're not completely fresh. Uh, somebody responded to that basketball question earlier and said, top scorer, best three-point shooter, best defender, Jabari, Jabari, Jabari. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Best defender, Zep's in there. Alan Flanagan's a really good defender. I mean, he's such a good athlete and such a physical specimen, long arms – he can be a really good defender. I mean, he can be a core like in his, in his stature and ability to guard if, if he really gets into it this year. So I think Flanagan could be a really good defender as well. Let's see a few more and we'll wrap it up. Who do you think starts at point guard? Matt AU five. Who do you think starts at point guard? Wendell had the advantage of getting to Auburn early and seems to be a better shooter, but Zep is more experienced and the better defender and then 1A, do you think basically they split minutes? Probably. I mean, I, I lean Wendell. I lean Wendell on the point guard. You know, we talked to Bruce Pearl when we launched Auburn Live. We had a one-on-one with him. He he seemed to have a lot more to say about Wendell than Zepp. Um, he likes Zepp. Zepp's a really good player. But there's something about the way he talked about Wendell. They had recruited him before. He thought Wendell Green was a fantastic small point guard coming out of high school. They just had Sharif Cooper. And so I, I, I think that – you know that staff. I think Bruce in particular knew about Wendell. Already really liked Wendell, and so I don't think it's a thing where they just started liking him after you know at Eastern Kentucky. I think they've liked him for a while. And and if you watch him, man, he can create. He can pass. That's what that's what this offense needs. They need they need they need uh, you know Jared and Sharif. That's what that's what that's when this offense thrives is having a guy that can really push the ball. Um, who starts at the two? I would think KD. Yeah, pretty good chance. I'm mean, pretty good chance, and you start Flanning in at the three, you know Jabari, let's say at the four, and Kessler at the five. So the big difference is this team is going to be tall and big. And Pearl talked about that. He said normally like he has a, he has a small team, um, and or he you know he wants to play that fast small ball. This isn't, that's going to be a big team. You know Jalen Williams, Dylan Cardwell. Um, there's going to be some some height on this team and some length on this team for sure. Aside from the three obvious guys, Al Walker and Jabari, who on our current roster do you think has the most potential to be a pro? See, I, I think K.D. Johnson. If you ask me to have a fourth, K.D. Johnson is is an electric athlete. Um, if you go back to his season at Georgia, in terms of minutes played, he was near the top of the league in steals, and he was near the top of the league in points. He just he just you know, he's a true freshman and he didn't get necessarily all the minutes that he probably should have gotten to Georgia. Um, So I think KD Johnson's an electric athlete that could, could be a pro. Um, So I would go that, I would go that direction. Um, Let's see what else before we get out of here. see a good question to, to end on. Well, here's somebody, Reg Scoops asked, what will Auburn's overall recruiting strategy be under Harson?" fighting fight against the big boys focus on scouting and development uh all the above all the above i mean you you have to land studs you're you're going against alabama and georgia and florida and texas a&m and given where auburn is you're in the middle of the most talent in the country so you have to you have to land players you you can't just say well alabama and georgia and clemson they seem to get all so we'll just kind of try to keep up with we'll just sort of get what's left and you, you better land your share. You better land enough and at the right positions, you know? I mean, that's the thing. Gus landed a ton of good players. He, he finished some classes at 12 and 13 and all that. But the fact that he wasn't landing offensive linemen made those numbers pretty much moot. I mean, it doesn't matter if you have the 13th best class and you landed no offensive linemen. That can't happen. So, I mean, that's the key. If they land the 18th or 19th best class in the country, but they land three really good offensive linemen in that class, Um, then that 18 or 19 rank ranking looks looks better because you have got to win on the line. So they're going to go after the big boys. I mean they got to they got to land players, and they probably do realize, hey, we're going to have to really develop guys. Sometimes we we can't just sit there and look at recruiting rankings and go, all right, just give me all the four stars we can get, and we'll just see how it goes. I mean, I think there is opportunity. Actually, you know, if, if you look at where Auburn is, there are opportunities to go where you are with the with Bama and Georgia. They're just they're going to get the five stars right now there's opportunity for auburn to go get the kid that's that that should be ranked a lot higher but he's being overlooked because Bama and georgia can take or clemson or florida can take the cream of the crop i think there's opportunity for auburn to go get that kid like jarquez hunter um who's mississippi's player of the year so I, i do think auburn can do if they're smart about it they can go get some of those some of those players that are overlooked but are still really good and steal some of those guys um Let's see. what else? What else? What else? Let's see what we want to end on. Um, We'll end on this one. Uh, another question, what do you think are the biggest differences uh between Malzon and Harson from a player's perspective? Um, you know, I think the biggest difference, I mean, here's the thing, under Malzahn, players liked him. You know, he had no real issues. And if you ask most of those players, they liked Gus Malzahn. Um, I would say the big difference from what you see from Harson and how he coaches, Harson is in the middle of it. He's literally doing the workouts with the players. He's on the bench doing bench press. He's he's throwing around weight. When they're on the upper deck during the summer running decks up and down the deck, he's running them. So, I mean, that's, that's a massive difference between Harson and most coaches. Most coaches are not sitting there doing the workouts with the players. That's, that's just a different breed. Um, and so what, what does that do for Harson and his team? Uh, I would imagine that that's a fantastic way to build trust and loyalty in your team um, and to motivate your team, that when times are going tough, you can speak. You're like, I was there with you running them, so let's go. So I think that's the biggest difference in them. I mean, players like Gus, but you know, there certainly maybe sometimes seem to be a disconnect at times. Um, but they, you know, Gus's teams generally played hard. Um, very rarely did you see a game where you just thought, well, they just they just kind of folded the 10 in, folded the 10 up. I never never really saw that. I mean, they had bad performances, but it wasn't this, it was more scheme and not necessarily like, oh, they're just not really trying. So, but I think that's the biggest difference is just Harson's willingness and desire to get in the middle of it. He loves football. He wants to hear the communication. He wants to hear what the coaches are talking about. He wants to hear what the players are talking about. I mean, he just wants to be in the middle of it and soak it up. Um, offense and defense, even even though he's a former quarterback. He wants to be on both sides of the ball. Whereas Gus, I think, really just wanted to focus on offense and kind of do his thing over there, sometimes even dialed the defense down a little bit so his offense could 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 execute during practice. And, and Harson's not about that. He, he wants to see offense succeed, awesome. Defense succeed, awesome. Special teams, awesome. Whoever it is, he just wants to be around winners um, and, and, and create good football players. So interesting question. We'll, we'll, we'll end it there. Uh, a bunch of great questions from the people at Auburn Live, man. Um, so, so good. Like I said, we'll do this every week um so we'll kind of pick out a day to 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 go to auburnlive.com get on the message board and ask ask some questions and i'll answer them here um and we'll have an awesome podcast just to just sort of hit on a bunch of stuff right it's kind of our one chance to hit on a bunch of topics and bounce around um at, at once excuse me um so appreciate it if you're not at Auburn Live g- uh, go subscribe couple days left an awesome Auburn awesome offer auburnlive.com part of the On3 Sports network I'm Justin Hokinson until next time see ya